welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Come on, can we give it up for Katie? She's amazing. I'm excited to preach fourth time today preaching and believing that God's going to move in this place. Uh, before I do, can we put our hands together for the first time visitors here at the Minneapolis campus? Come on. I met a few first time visitors. If you're here, we're so thankful that you decided to check out the Minneapolis campus. Uh, last week was Easter and, and it was a powerful Sunday. God did some miraculous things and I just wanna celebrate. There was over 1,500 people that walked through the doors of the Muse Event Center to have Easter with us and 63 people gave their lives to Jesus. Come on, I think that's worth celebrating. And I just believe that, that the presence of God is strong in this place. And I believe that people are going to walk in one way and leave completely different, leave completely changed. That something that you've been carrying for months or maybe even years can be broken. Like Ben was praying that chains can be broken in your life. That identity can be spoken in your life. And I believe that now, this is my fourth time preaching, but I'm going to preach with everything that I have. I want to preach like it's my first time ever preaching. I might stumble over words. I might not get everything right, but what I'm going to do is let it all out. Let the passion out. Let God speak and let God move in this place. Like Katie said, we're entering a series on relationships. And today we're talking about singleness and dating. Singleness and dating. It's going to be an amazing time. And if you're here and you're married, I believe that God's going to speak to you in new ways. That if you're married at this campus, there's so many different single people. And I believe that God's going to use you to join a life team or join a life group and be able to use your marriage and use the rough season and the good seasons to be able to mentor and talk through uh, this life with single people. This is a, a tough fight being single or in a dating relationship. Um, and I believe that if you're married here, don't tune out. Um, I believe the Holy Spirit can still speak. And if you are single, I will say that the, the end goal, not, not every time, is to get married. A lot of times... Um, we always think it's that, and if that's the desires of our heart, I think God will give it to us um, at his perfect timing, but Paul was not married, right? There's people in the Bible that did a lot of things for Jesus that weren't married, and so don't feel pressure during the mes this message, like I got to find my special someone. I just believe that God's going to move, but I might need some feedback. Come on, this is my fourth time preaching, so I might need some feedback in this place. I got a few things that you can say. First thing is, come on. You can say, that's good. You can say, preach it, white boy. Or you can just raise your hand. When I say three, can you do one of those things? One, two, three. Come on. Feeling good in this place. Mark chapter 10 says this, but from the beginning, God created male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his parents and be wedded to his wife. And the husband and the wife will be joined as one flesh. And after that, they no longer exist as two, but one flesh. So there, there you have it. What God has joined together, no one has the right to split apart. And the title of my message tonight is The Miracle Before Marriage. The Miracle Before Marriage. Let's pray right now. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing in this place, that it's all about you. 
It's not about the persuasiveness of our speech. It's not about us jumping up and down. It's not about us trying to bring our energy and bring what we can. It's always about you. It's not Jesus plus something else. It's Jesus. And so right now, I just pray that you speak through me. Give me clarity right now in the name of Jesus. Allow me to speak the message that you placed on my heart. And I pray that we're open right now for us to receive this word from God. In Jesus' name we prayed and everybody said, amen. Amen. Hey, raise your hand if you're in a relationship. Come on, 5 p.m., let's represent a few people in a relationship. Come on, 9 a.m., there was like most of the room. I got a feeling it's a lot of single people here. Come on, raise your hand if you're single. (laughs) Uh, Keep your hand up, if you will, and just kind of look around. Come on. Church is a great place to meet your wife or meet your husband. And uh, for me, I actually met my wife after church. This is my amazing wife up here, Emma. Come on, can we give it up for Emma? And we've been married for the last couple years and marriage is a miracle, right? We just read it in Mark chapter 10. Marriage in itself, right? It's a miracle. God needs to do a miracle in my life for me to be the best husband, come on, that I can be. But marriage is a miracle. It says that two people become one right? That's supernatural. God is doing something in that. It's nothing that I can do to force that. Marriage is a miracle, but what I'm going to talk to you about is the, the miracle before marriage, the miracle that God's going to do in your life before he gives you that special somebody, that that's something that you've longed for, and that's an amazing thing to long for. That's how God wired you, but I believe that God is going to do miracles in your life before you enter into that sacred relationship, and for me, I met my wife, like I said, after church, and it was about five years ago, and we met, actually it was at a pool. One of my buddies was like, hey, we're having a party this summer. And I met her at a pool, come on. And I started chatting with her and would say, what's up? And uh, I was like, this girl is pretty cool and she looks pretty good too. Um, <clears throat> and then I left the conversation and then I, I left some breathing room in there, right? About three, four hours. And then I did what most guys would do, follow her on Instagram. And just a rookie mistake, if you're single and you meet somebody, please don't meet somebody and then right away follow them. You got to leave some breathing room in there. Come on, at least a few hours for, for just things to let her think about you a little bit before you automatically follow her. So I left some breathing room and then I followed her and then I left some more breathing room and then I liked a few photos. One to two photos. Anything past two photos, you're creepy, Okay. If, if all, all the notifications is just you liking their picture, you might as well just move on. <laughs> and so after that, I started to go on a few dates with her and I really started to like her. Then one night I was really missing her. And so I was hanging out with my family and I was bored and I was like, you know what? I'm probably just going to look at pictures of Emma. <laughs> and I started looking at her Instagram and started scrolling down all of her pictures. <laughs> and... Uh, I kept going down and I hit the end of her profile and I thought, I'm not, I'm not fully there yet. I'm not, I'm not, I, like, I, I need to see Emma more. And so I clicked on tagged photos. Come on, you know you're in it deep. If you clicked on tagged photos, there's no going back. Won't he do it? And then uh, I, I came across a photo that I recognized. And so I was like, what, why do I recognize this photo? It was a year before I met Emma. And you can see on the screen, this is the photo. And I'm, I'm looking at this photo as I'm just chilling with my family. And I'm like, why do I recognize this picture? 
and I couldn't sleep. Like, I, it's just like, am I having deja vu? Like, is something wrong with me? Like, why do I recognize this picture? And then it finally dawned on me that I took the picture. It was a year before I officially met her, but I took the picture. My wife was right in front of my face, but I didn't see her. The miracle of my life was standing right there, but I missed her. And sometimes that happens in our lives. Like the breaking of our lives comes before the blessing. And we, we were looking and we're looking at this life. We're like, where's my wife? Where's my husband? Maybe it's right in front of you, but God needs to take you on a journey. God needs to do something in your life. God needs to break some things in your life before he brings the blessing. That the blessing may be, be before you, but the breaking has to come before God brings that thing in your life, that person in your life. Let's go. And so today, that's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about how do you prepare in this breaking season? How do you prepare in this waiting season that maybe you're here and you're like, I've been single for the last couple years and it's been a tough season. And I want to say that Jesus is there for you, that this community is there for you. But I just want to talk to you. How do you walk through a waiting and broken season? The first thing is this, before finding the right one, find faith. Hebrews 11.1 says this, now faith brings our hope into reality and becomes a foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is unseen. Come on, I've talked about this at leadership night. I talked about this a little bit during the Easter message, but I feel like my mind, and I don't know about you, my mind is frail, and many times I forget about this, that what I wake up to and what I see is actually different than what God is doing in my life. That Sometimes that what I look at is depression or anxiety, but God is doing something different. And maybe you're here and you're looking at loneliness and you're looking at brokenness and you're looking at another season without a significant other, but God is doing something in the midst of it. And our job is to lift the level of faith in this place and say, I'm not going to look to the things that I see, but I want to choose faith in this moment. And I'm going to look to the unseen. This is not just going to be another season. This is going to be a supernatural season. God is going to do a miracle in my life that, that he has you here for a purpose. See, there's a promise that we sang about, the promises of God that we stand on. And maybe you're here and you feel like God's promised this to you. This is the desire of your heart. And I think that's amazing. Maybe you're alone time with God. You feel like your husband or your wife or that significant other is coming. It's just about time, but, but you don't see it. There, there's this gap between the promise of God and the evidence of what you see. But in the midst of that, speak faith. In the midst of that, when you're in that gap, when you're in that waiting season, believe me, when you're in the waiting season is when Jesus goes to work in your life. And you just need to stay faithful to him and speak to the unseen. I think about this. My, my wife is, is pregnant and we find out the gender tomorrow. Come on. <laughs> Team girl. I'm hoping for a girl. I'll be shocked if it's a boy. But January 6th, we found out that we were pregnant. We weren't really trying. It just happened. And I was like, okay, we're pregnant. Um, and, and Emma began to grow and she's continuing to grow. But there's some moments in our relationship where it's like, man, we can't see our kid. We can't see our baby. We, we see maybe the kid is growing, and, but we're praying that the baby is healthy. We've only had a few doctor's appointments. And so there's times where it gets to be like worrisome and sometimes it's hard. And in those moments, I cannot see my baby with my physical eyes. So what I choose to do is I put my mouth on my wife's belly and I begin to speak faith over my baby that you're going to be in a 
amazing son, that you're going to be an amazing daughter, that you have favor over your life, that you have blessing over your life. Sometimes God calls us to that season where you can't see it with your own eyes, but God's saying you need to speak to it because you're going to speak to it and God's going to do something new inside of you. Speak to the unseen. The new season is coming. Your husband is coming. Your wife is coming. But until then, you have a task. Until then, you have a task. And the task is this, to finish this season with strength. To finish this season strong. And I believe that the strength you finish this season in is the strength you'll enter into the next season. And how do you finish this season in strength? Is let your faith turn into faithfulness. Come on, who knows that faith and faithfulness are two completely different things. It's one thing to have faith today, but it's another thing to walk in faithfulness. It says this, Psalms 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp upon my feet and a light unto my path, right? You would think that this verse would say, it's a lamp upon my head, because if it's on my head, you think of coal miners. When it's on my head, you're able to see five, six, seven, eight steps ahead of you. But God's saying, no, the light is on your feet. The light is on your feet, and you may not be able to see even two steps ahead, but I don't need you to see two steps ahead. I just need you to see the next step. Just take the next step. I don't know what God has for me. I don't know if there's a husband out there for me. I don't know if there's a wife out there for me. And God's saying, you don't need to know. All you got to do is take the next step. And so often in my life, and maybe you're in the same season where it's so easy for you to worry. Worry, what's going to happen? What's, what's God doing in my life? It, it, when, when's that perfect someone going to come my way? And God's saying, stop worrying and just walk with me. Just walk with me day after day, step by step. Come on, God is doing something new as you just are faithful and obedient. When you say, I'm not going to look at the outcome, I'm looking at my obedience. Galatians 6, 9 says, it, says this, let us not grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Come on, what the world looks at. They say it's insane to do the same thing over and over again and expect different results. The world says that's insane. But actually, I believe that's the very place where God is getting ready to do a miracle in your life. That if you've been faithful, hey, come on, keep being faithful. If you've been pure, keep walking in purity. If you've been praying for that person, keep praying for that person. If you've been obedient, keep walking in his grace. And the world will say, you've been doing the same thing for the last five years. You've been continuing to pray and continuing to be pure and continuing to wait. And you're insane if you keep doing that thing over and over and expect somebody to come your way. And God's saying, no, that's actually the place that I'm about to do a miracle where you say, I'm just going to do and and walk in the mundane and I'm going to bring the miracle. Number two, before finding the right one, find yourself. Before finding the right one, find yourself. You are a miracle. You are a miracle. In in this process of, of being pregnant, it just reminds me that I'm a miracle, that you're a miracle, that this whole thing is crazy how this happens, and you are a miracle that you're walking on this earth. And walking in security of who you are, that's a miracle in itself as well. Because the world's telling you to walk in insecurity. The world's telling you to walk in the call that is not placed on your life. And I believe that you are a miracle, and walking in what God has for you is a miracle. But see, this waiting season, you can either become bitter, or you can become all God has for you. You can become bitter or become all God has for you. And for me, it's so easy to be bitter. Why? 
because we live in a world where we compare ourselves so easily, right? It was the most amazing Easter we've ever had at this campus. And after Sunday night, just being real, I started looking through Instagram. I was just so happy of, of the life change that happened here and, and just the worship and the message. And it was an amazing time if you were here. And I began to look through all these different churches and I began to like be jealous. And, and this bitterness begins to like weld up in my heart. And I'm like, what am I doing right now? Like, why am I focused in? God did, 63 people gave their lives to Jesus. God did uh, miraculous things in this place. But yet, I'm consumed with bitterness and I'm consumed with jealousy because I'm looking at a screen. And so often, this is our lives. When, when we're in a single season, it's like, man, I wish, I wish I had a man like that. I wish I had a woman like that. I wish, like, that was the season for me. And God's saying, that's not the season that you're in. So stop looking at somebody else's life and begin to walk in faithfulness in what, ye, what he has for you. This waiting season will form you. James 1.4 says this. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you can become mature and well-developed. Not deficient in any way. Not deficient in any way. Romans 12, 2 says this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for your life, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Come on, some people here need to change the way they think. Some people in here need to change the way they pray. Instead of praying, God, would you bring that significant other person to me? And in this life, would you, I think that's not a bad prayer to pray. Like I said, we need to lift up our faith. But sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes that faith, because I begin to speak it out so often, actually becomes fake because it begins to be an idol in my life. Come on, I want to make, make the main thing, the main thing, Jesus Christ, that even if he doesn't bring that thing that I've been praying for, I'm still gonna serve him with with everything that I have. I think some people, your prayers need to change and the way you think needs to change. Instead of saying, God, would you bring that significant other to me? Instead of praying that, you pray this, God, please do not bring that person to me until you think I'm fully ready. Because when I enter into that relationship, come on, I don't want it just to work for a season. I want it to work for a lifetime. And I believe that God has to do something new in my life before I enter into that relationship. God needs to do a miracle in you. Anything that doesn't look like him, any, any of the pride, any of the, of the lust, any of the insecurity, any of the chaos, any of the anxiety, anything that doesn't look like you're never going to be perfect in a relationship. I still walk through things. Emma still walk, walks through things. There's married couples that I know still walk through things. But man, I want to be prepared. I don't want this to last for a season. I want this to last for a lifetime. But we're trained. We're trained in this world for instant. Now, right now, we, we got this picture. I got this picture right here. I can just take this picture and I can take it, turn it, and I can take a picture right there. Boom. Instant. I got that picture. Photobomb. I got the picture right. Instant. We're trained. I want it now. I want it now. But before iPhones, you took a picture and it went into a developing room, went into a dark room. And I believe that there's people in this place that are in, are in a dark room. But this is the place that you need to be because God is developing you. God is doing something new. Come on, I wish I could get a witness into 5 p.m. service. Somebody that says, I need God to do something new in my life. I need God to transform my life. I need God to do a miracle in me. I need God to create a pure heart in me. Mold me, shape me, make me new. And the question is this. I took a picture a year before me and Emma officially met. Do I wish I met Emma then? 
That's what I probably should say. But no, I wasn't ready. Emma deserved better. And God took me on a journey of brokenness and took me on a journey of waiting. But in in those moments of faithfulness, just being obedient, not looking at the outcome, just being obedient, God worked in my life. God did something new in me. Listen, I spent a lot of those seasons trying to find somebody else. But in that season, I stopped trying to find somebody else and I just found myself and say, I'm gonna be secure in who you've called me to be. If you don't bring somebody towards me, I'm gonna be content. I'm gonna still serve you with everything that I have. I'm done trying to find somebody else. I'm going to define me and walk in the call of my life. True identity is not found in title or what we can do, but in the empty tomb. I was trying to find myself, and I'll prove it with some pictures. You'll like this right here. A few pictures of me trying to find myself. Maybe it's not going to go up. Well, they're so good. Just wait. Come on. Redhead Ben. There's a face. Next, little pencil-thin goatee. I think I was 40 years old. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm Benjamin Button. Guy Fieri, Ben. A little goatee looking smooth. Skater boy with a little crumb on his lips trying to figure out life. And then Mohawk. Emma loved me through the Mohawk stage. Come on, should I bring that back? Anybody? <laughs> I was too busy trying to find somebody. And I stopped doing that. I said, I'm just going to find myself. I'm going to walk in with the call that God has in my life. Come on, people, uh, people are always looking for that special somebody. But right now, what I'm trying to say is become the person you're looking for. I think it's great to look for a special somebody, but become the person that you're looking for. People are like, I want someone who's faithful. I want someone who's active. I want someone who's culturally relevant. I want someone who loves the church. I want someone who's secure in who they are. I want someone who serves. And I'm like, great. Those are all great things, but you're none of those. Become the person that you're looking for. Find yourself and be yourself. Be yourself. And it's such a beautiful thing when when you walk into a relationship and you can be yourself. You're not trying to be somebody that you're not. You can be secure in who you are. One of the moments that I'll always remember is it was 10 days after me and Emma met. And we both said it in our vows. It was, it was the most mundane like date of all time. We went to Chipotle, we went to Starbucks. But it was the first time we were ever alone together. And we both said it in our vows because we were like blown away because after 10 days of knowing each other, I've never felt more comfortable with being who God's called me to be. And she said the same, she never felt more comfortable. And it's such a beautiful thing that when you are stewarding the waiting season well, and when God opens up that door for for you, you to walk into a relationship, that you can be who God's called you to be, that you don't have to put on a show, you can just be you. And that's such an amazing, amazing thing. Third thing is this, before finding the right one, find your purity, fight for your purity. And maybe you're here and you haven't walked in purity and that's okay because God's grace is sufficient for you, that God's doing something new in your life. And I think about this, I won't talk about it much, but I think about the difference between love and lust. Love is giving. Love is giving, giving, but lust is taking what we want. And when you're in a dating relationship, you can't take the things that, that don't belong to you. And so if you're walking in singleness, if you're walking in dating, just fight for your life for purity. And in this culture, it would say the complete opposite, but I'm telling you that I believe that your greatest ministry will flow through your personal purity, that you got to say, I'm more than a conqueror, that I believe that the power of Jesus will allow you to walk through this life pure. 
Roman, Philippians 4, 8 says this. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Fourth thing is this. Before you find the right one, figure out what you want. Figure out what you want. Don't settle. Don't lower your standards. A list of what you want is not shallow if the list contains things that will last. The list will contain things that will last. And I was, as I was thinking about things of, hey, man, what, what was I looking for in a wife? As I was thinking about it last night, Emma came in clutch and she gave me this little notebook that says, hey, this was in my Bible for the last like 10 years. And this is the things that I wrote down for what I was looking for in a husband. And I'm just going to read these off. And so if you have notes, you can write these down or uh, you can come to me if you don't get all the information and I can email them to you. One, worship. Who or, who or what does he worship in the throne of his heart? Words. Does his words spoken or written build others up or tear them down? Character. Who is he when no one else is looking? Personality, who is he around other people? Interest, what kinds of things does he do to recharge? Feelings, do you feel better about yourself when he's around? Attraction, is your attraction to him centered around something that will stay over time? Come on, I don't think a list is shallow if the things on the list are things that will last, last when you go through storms, last when, when it's a, a tough season as a married couple. Come on, you know, once you enter into marriage, sometimes people are like, that's, that's it, that's the finish line. No, that's a starting line. God is doing something in your life. And, and I believe if you steward the waiting season well, but also if you take these things and say, I wanna, I wanna make sure that the list that I have, the, the person that I walk in relationship with, I wanna be able to sustain that relationship through good seasons and through bad seasons. The last and final thing that I'm going to say is this, is before finding the right one, focus on your heart. Focus on your heart. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says this, the place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. Come on, the question is, I, I believe that it's great to long for that person, to long for a husband or, or a wife. But the question is, is that longing becoming Lord of your life? Is that longing for somebody becoming Lord of your life? Is it faith or is it fake? Is it becoming an idol in your life? And I just want to say to everybody in this room that finding that perfect person is an amazing thing. Come on, I, I thank God for Emma every single day, but she will never satisfy. There's only one that will satisfy. There's only one that will fill the void in your heart. And it's Jesus Christ. And if you're here and you're single and you're looking for that perfect person to, to complete you, that perfect person, hear me, hear me now, that perfect person will never complete you. It's only Jesus Christ that will complete the void in your heart. And so often there's people that are looking for that person or looking for validation. And God's saying that validation and that security only comes through me. And so everybody, head bowed and eyes closed. I just want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. Maybe it's for the first time in your life, or maybe you grew up in church and, and you made yourself the Lord of your life. Or you made looking for a significant other the Lord of your life, and you're saying, I'm making Jesus Lord of my life. And I think it's a beautiful thing when we fix our eyes on who Jesus is. I, maybe those things that I listed off, being faithful and, and being yourself, maybe those things are, are things that you failed in, and the things that you that you don't add up in, the things that, man, I, I've tried season after season, but, I, but I've always failed in those. I've tried to be faithful, but I just can't. I just, I've tried to be I've tried to be myself, but I can't. I've tried to be pure, but I can't. But the, the beautiful thing about this is when we face Jesus, all that fades away. 
that all the mistakes and all the good times and all the things we feel good about ourselves will fade away and there's only gonna be one thing that matters and it's Jesus Christ. And one day we're gonna walk towards Jesus and we may look in this moment, you may feel shame because of those things and you're like, I don't add up. But when we look towards Jesus in this moment, the reason we close our eyes is just to fix our eyes on Jesus that as if nobody else is around. And we look towards Jesus and we say, yes, I haven't been faithful, but listen, your God is faithful. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Maybe you're saying, man, I feel like I haven't been myself. Well, listen, God knows who you are. He knows every single part of you and he sees you. And he says all the small things and all the things you hate about yourself is the very reason I died on the cross for you. I see you and I love you. Come on, you may look at your life and you say, I'm walking in impurity. Listen, God's love is pure for you. He's not trying to just get you. He's not just trying to use you. He wants you. He desperately wants you. Maybe you have a list, not for somebody else. Maybe, maybe you have a list, a list for yourself, all the mistakes you've made. And Jesus takes that list and tears it up and covers his blood in it, covers his grace in it, saying, my, my grace is sufficient for you that my power is made perfect in your weakness. That the message I preach is a great message of finding the, the significant other, but all that stuff fades away because the only thing that matters is who Jesus is. And if we made a decision to make him the Lord of our life. So if that's you in your, this place, I'm not gonna have you come forward. I'm not gonna have you stand up. I'm just gonna have you lift up your hands. This moment is not about church attendance. This moment is not about cleaning yourself up. This moment is what it says in Romans 10:9. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And so when I th say three, can you just lift your hands up to heaven? declaring this free gift in Jesus Christ. One, Jesus says that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Two, when you make this decision, you're a brand new creation. The Bible says that the old is gone and the new has come. If somebody here, whether for the first time in your life or maybe you're just running back saying, tonight's the night of salvation. Three, would you lift up your hand to heaven? Three, yes, I see the hand. Yes, yes. Yes, see the hands on the balcony, amazing. Church, can we all pray this prayer together? Dear Jesus, I know that I've sinned. I know that I've fallen short. Please forgive me. Today I receive this gift, the free gift of salvation. Jesus, you are my Lord and you are my Savior. Today I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.